Dr. Scott Bradley on with us, freedomsrisingsun.com. And I mentioned him because we talked about America, talked about a history in review. We talked about George Washington's unheeded warning that religion and morality are indispensable supports, folks. We talked about what the founders meant by self-governance, and we talked about self-governing individuals are necessary for a self-governing society. We talked about Exodus 15. I guess it's Exodus 2015, thou shalt not steal. And we talked about why the checks and balances are so important. They've literally stolen the elections from us, ladies and gentlemen. And we talked about how the checks and balances can maintain a constitutional republic. It was a great, great hour. The reason I bring that up now is because when we talk about Sheriff Richard Mack's Supreme Court win, really it's all about the checks and balances. It's all about the Tenth Amendment. It's all about the the Supreme Court acknowledging that the states have dual sovereignty. It's not all about the general or the federal government. Now, they had general and federal government, government wonks, operatives, whatever you want to call it, criminals, monitoring elections all over the country. That is of great concern. But, folks, I'm telling you right now, these delays are just a polite way to make sure that it's not transparent, that election fraud can be committed wholesale without your scrutiny. Alex Newman is with me, well-known writer, speaker, jbs.org, thenewamerican.com. And I say this, can you say election fraud? Katie Hobbs just defeated Carrie Lake in the Arizona governor race. I guess it was 50.4% to 49.5%. They want you to believe it's a whole percentage point. Uh, The bottom line is I believe fraud has been committed. Alex is in Egypt now. We'll get to that in a second. But welcome, sir. And what do you say about the Kerry Lake losing the race a week later? Uh, Alex? Yeah, it's great to be here, Sam. Thank you for having me. And, uh, I mean, to me, it's so obvious what's happening here. The same thing that happened in 2020. In fact, uh, massive, massive election fraud to rig, especially the key elections, right? Kerry Lake was one that they absolutely could not allow to win under any circumstances. And so they did exactly what they did in 2020. They kept manufacturing ballots until they found enough to put their stooge over the line. Uh, And that's exactly what we just saw in Arizona. Uh, And it's what we saw in several other states as well. Pennsylvania was an absolute nightmare. They did the same thing there again. Uh, And actually, uh, just about two weeks ago, they did the same thing in Brazil to take out Jair Bolsonaro, who was uh, uh, an anti-communist, a Christian, who was rolling back uh, the major gains that the communists had made in Brazil and across Latin America. Um, They could not allow that. And so uh, we're we're witnessing this all over the world. Uh, Elections are becoming increasingly meaningless because they're using uh, crooked machines and they're using every trick in the book to stuff the ballot boxes, mail in ballots, all the rest of it. COVID laid laid the uh, foundation for a lot of these tricks that they're using in the modern era. But uh, this is absolutely uh, horrific, Sam. And if we don't get a handle on it, we are going to end up very rapidly in the same boat that Venezuela found itself in after Hugo Chavez stole the election. They only had to steal one in Venezuela, and it was all over. So uh, in America, we have a you know stronger foundation. It's a little bit harder. We've got many states. We've got, as you mentioned, dual sovereignty. Uh, it's not a, not a matter of just stealing one election and America is dead. But we must get this issue under control if our republic is going to survive. Well, and you know what? We really hoped in Arizona, one of the battleground states where a lot of illegals vote, etc. Uh, we really thought if you got Mark Fincham elected as Secretary of State, if you got the governor to be Carrie Lake, we really kind of thought, hey, we could bust this thing wide open. And they made sure by hook or by crook that would not happen. That's really what this is about, Alex. 
Yes, it is. That's exactly what it's about. And and making sure also that Trump looks like a fool, that it looks like Trump candidates uh, cannot win. Uh, I saw Liz Cheney, uh, the uh, rhino, former rhino uh, representative of Wyoming. I guess she's there for another couple months. But uh, I saw her trolling Kerry Lake. Um, this is about the narrative. And the narrative is uh, Trump is toxic. Uh, anybody who resists the, the globalist agenda is toxic. And uh, everybody's on board. The American people are on board. The red wave fizzled. Uh, so they're, they've created a narrative here. And a win by somebody like Kerry Lake, who's uh, not an establishment person, who has been calling out the election fraud, would absolutely demolish this fraudulent narrative that they are hoisting on us. Now, I know some of them are trying to go to the courts. That probably won't help. The court has been trained, even Trump appointees, to simply shut this down, not on the merits of the cases, Alex, but basically on you don't have standing. We're throwing it out for this reason or that reason. They'll never touch the real issues because they'll be forced uh, to bring information out in court they don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. So what they do is they basically uh, manipulate all this, shut it down on the court level, not on the merits, but on something else every time. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And uh, there's a lot of uh, really interesting uh, things happening on the elections front. In fact, there was a, a Supreme Court case that the courts seem to be ignoring that ruled that uh, elections, actually federal elections, have to happen on federal election day and that at midnight on federal election day uh, is over, right? And yet we have all these Democrat states that are continuing to find ballots long after that, uh, and the courts are ignoring the Supreme Court president. I was looking for the uh, the name of the decision. I couldn't find it um, within you know a few seconds, but uh, uh, Debbie Kidd wrote a really good article about it in 2020 when they stole the election from Trump using the same tactic. Flagrant violation of Supreme Court president precedent on uh, this this issue of having elections way after federal election day is over. Uh, so th they're using every trick in the book. They're using every dishonest tactic, every uh, slimy uh, scheme that they can think of to, to be able to successfully steal these elections. And, uh, you know, we, we've got to get a handle on this. We cannot allow it to continue. Amen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Switching gears quickly. Alex Newman, my brothers and sisters, is everywhere. Okay, I just literally sat with him in Salt Lake City uh, a couple of days ago. He literally then put together a video uh, while he was on his way to uh, Egypt. And the video is called Proof Cult Climate Leaders uh, Don't Even Believe Their Own Narrative. And he shows proof that they don't believe their own narrative in this video while he's on his way to Egypt. Why are you there, sir? Uh, well, right here in Egypt, while everybody in America is distracted with the election fraud and the phony midterms, uh, the global leaders, as they like to call themselves, are busy uh, ushering in uh, a new Ten Commandments, a new global religion, uh, and a massive extortion racket whereby they plan to deindustrialize what's left of the Western world, uh, loot what's left of the middle class across the rest of the Western world, uh, put us into hundreds of trillions of dollars of debt, ultimately, and um, build up communist China. And so that's all happening right here in Egypt. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of coverage of this around the world, Sam. That's what's interesting. There are thousands of, uh, I call them cheerleaders. They prefer to be called journalists, but I, I think it's obviously a fraudulent term. These people really are uh, cheerleaders for this fraud, this massive scam that's taking place here. But uh, all over the world, there's massive coverage of this. And in America, there's not a peep almost. Uh, you won't hear about this on Fox News. You're not going to hear about it on CNN. But uh, there are 30-something thousand people gathered here for the uh, annual UN Climate Summit. And uh, they've got uh, major, major plans for um, uh, for what they're planning to do to us. Uh, they, they're talking about this loss and damage. The volume's got to go down. Uh, they're talking about this uh, loss and damage scheme. 
where um, uh, basically we need to pay climate reparations to every third world kleptocrat for every hurricane, every fire, every uh, everything that uh, hits. They're blaming it on the CO2 emissions put out by Americans and Europeans over the last uh, I don't know, uh, 100 years or so since the Industrial Revolution. So uh, very, very significant things happening here. And uh, unfortunately, the U.S. media is totally missing in action. Even the alternative media is not uh, covering this as they should. Uh, as far as I know, Sam, we are the only people here who are not on uh, the one team that's represented here, which is the, the climate cult team. Uh, and in parallel with this, Sam, uh, they had yesterday this major religious ceremony at Mount Sinai, right here on the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, they had people meeting in Jerusalem and in London uh, to usher in. Uh, originally, they were calling it the New Ten Commandments. Uh, they rebranded it a little bit when they got some pushback. Now they're calling it the Ten Principles of Climate Justice. Uh, but it um, it's truly incredible what's happening here. They're arguing that uh, we all need to repent of our climate sins, uh, of our CO2 emissions, that we need to uh, apologize to Mother Earth and the climate gods for having been such poor stewards of the planet. Uh, and, uh, you know, the old Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal. Well, you got to dispense with that, right? we got to steal from all those people who need to pay us climate reparations. Uh, thou shalt not murder, right? The communist Chinese were uh, very proud at a, at a recent cop that I went to some years ago uh, of how many unborn babies they had slaughtered and how many uh, how many tons of CO2 that decreased in the atmosphere. So, uh, you know, I, I can't tell it all to you in the, the 12 minutes that we have left, but what's happening here is incredibly significant, Sam. Americans need to know it. In fact, Joe Biden actually stopped here uh, just a few days ago. Uh, they had 125 presidents, prime ministers, kings, and dictators here in this exact location where I'm sitting. You'd think that'd be pretty big news in America, but total radio silence because they know Americans are not willing to go with this uh, and they know that if Americans pull the plug the whole thing falls apart well and the big thing now uh, Alex and this is a shift in the last several years it used to be that they were United States people and they would secretly and once in a while go to world conferences to kind of dictate and get orders and get mandates and focus and it was secret that they would attend now it's blatant worldwide that they attend, but now they go to these meetings, and the United States is virtually an afterthought in their minds and in their efforts to dictate rather than legislate. Uh, what I mean is there's been a direct shift. Our leaders get elected and swear an oath to the Constitution, and they flat out betray it on a global scale literally all the time, folks. This is serious. Alex is live right now in Egypt attending what they call, what is this thing, the COP27 uh, meeting? Yep, the 27th Annual Conference of the Parties is what the COP stands for. So it's a, an so annual meeting. So think about Conference of the Parties, folks. Think about that. And it is parties, I'll tell you. Parties. Sam, there are hundreds of private jets parked at the airport over here. They're, they're feasting on delicious food at five-star resorts along the beautiful Red Sea coast here. Um, they're, they're partying. They're having a, a blast here while they figure out how to divide up the remaining wealth of the American middle class. All right. And what do they call this, the U.N. Conference? Of the parties. COP27. The parties are the governments here. So uh, the, the mass murdering dictatorship in North Korea is one of the parties. The mass murdering dictatorship in China is one of the parties. Joe Biden is one of the parties. Actually, he's, he sent his minion, John Kerry, to handle most of the negotiating. So, And how do we stop this, Alex? Because what's interesting is we can't even stop the problems in the United States because supposedly constitutionally you got to wait and use the checks and balances and They've got so many of their minions in place from drug cartel leaders in Arizona that just got elected all the way down. 
Uh, but now they're at a global international um, conference. Uh, they're planning uh, the demise of the country they've sworn to uphold, but yet they've even got another layer of protection, right? They do. Uh, and there's several ways that we can stop this, Sam. Uh, I would say, first of all, we need to educate the American people. American people are generally common sense folks. If they knew what was happening here, if they knew how fraudulent the pseudoscience that underpins this is, uh, it would be over. And without American money, I can tell you right now, without American money, this whole thing shuts down. Um, during the Trump administration, we kept going to these clown shows, and um, the, the entire focus of the meetings was how horrible the United States is because Donald Trump won't keep paying uh, billions and ultimately trillions of dollars to keep this dog and pony show going. So if and when Americans wake up, the whole thing ends. That's why they're not covering it in the U.S. media. Even the liberals have enough sense to see this is crazy. Um, you can prove very, very simply, Sam, that this is a fraud and that the ringleaders here don't even believe it themselves. Okay, And I'll explain to you how. That's the, the subject of the video that I made uh, on the way out here that you mentioned. Um, What's happening here is, uh, and, and the real gist of this came out at the UN conference in Paris. Uh, I was there with a team from the New American, and uh, Barack Obama agreed that he was going to slash American CO2 emissions by about 30% by the year 2025. And he had been bragging already that under my plan, electricity rates are going to skyrocket, right? So uh, it, at Paris, every government was supposed to come in and offer their, they use all these acronyms here, their NDC, their Nationally Determined Contribution. So Obama came and he said, I'm going to use executive order. EPA regulations, executive actions to shut down uh, American energy production to the point where we're going to produce 25% or, or excuse me, 30% less CO2 emissions by the year 2025. Uh, the communist Chinese came in and said, oh, that's wonderful. Well, we're a developing country and we're not responsible for global warming. So we're going to continue increasing our CO2 emissions until the year 2030. Uh, and I can tell you, and anybody can observe for themselves what happened. Electricity rates in America skyrocketed. More and more factories shut down. Our jobs were shipped over to communist China, CO2 emissions went up radically, right? Uh, if these people really believed that CO2 was dangerous, if these people really believed that CO2 was pollution, the last thing in the universe that they would want to do is ship our factories and our productive capabilities over to China, where they're going to result in massively more CO2 emitted per unit of economic output. And I mean, that is self-evident. And yet they're all celebrating this as if this was some sort of giant win for the climate. That's how you know that the ringleaders here don't believe it. And so you asked, how do we stop this? We expose this. We make the American people aware of it. And at the state level, you know, you were talking about the dual sovereignty. We need state governments. We need Ron DeSantis in the Florida legislature. We need uh, Governor Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma. We need Governor Greg Abbott in Texas to lead their states and say, we are not going to comply with this. We are not going to shut down our power plants to satisfy some lunatic executive order that uh, Joe Biden or Barack Obama put down on paper. That's illegal. That's unconstitutional. We're sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States and our state. Uh, we're not going to allow such a such a fraud. And if American states, I mean, we would only need 15 or 20 powerful states, Amer uh, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, Utah, just a handful of states, if they stood up and said, we're not going to comply with this and we're not going to allow you to shut down our power plants, we're not going to allow you to ship our jobs overseas, the whole fraud would end. It would be that simple. So what we really need to do, Sam, is get this message out. I encourage the folks watching this broadcast right now. Um, very, very few Americans know what's happening here. Take the link from this. Go to brighteon.tv. Go to brighteon. Grab the link for this show. Send it to your congressman. Send it to your state senator. Send it to your state representative. Send it to your county sheriff. We've got to get this information out to the American people, and we can shut this fraud down. All right. I want to mention a couple of things. How many people do you think are there? Do you have any idea of the, of the breadth? How many leaders attend this thing? 
Uh, about 126 uh, heads of state and government have been here uh, over the last week and a half or so. Uh, Which means and 126 separate entourages, Alex, if you will, because they don't go oh, alone, that's right? right? Yep. They come All right, in so 126 with a of airplanes, limos. Yeah, and the point that I'm making is they wouldn't even have a conference like this. They probably spend more environmental capital, if you if you believe in their lies, um, in one of these conferences than, than guys like me do in, in, in 5, 10, whatever, who knows how many years folks um this it's conference insane. puts out more co2 emissions than a small african country it, it it truly is sam and that really is another proof point uh to make now they also talk about it's called the united nations framework convention on climate change let's talk about that framework for a second what they're building uh, all nations either voluntarily are being forced to subscribe to this uh, but then they back it with the Ten Commandments, right? They put the framework in place, and then the commandments make sure that we, quote, obey or fall into the framework, right? That's exactly right, Sam. And and th this year, they're more transparent than they've ever been about the religious component. Uh, the UN itself, the UN Environment Program, put out a document in advance of this summit called the uh, Human Development Report. And uh, they openly say in this document, uh, we've been going through it, my colleague and I, uh, I can even give you some quotes from here. Uh, hold on. And this is from the secular side of the UN, right? And I'll get into the religious side in a moment. But this is what the secular UN, the UN Environment Program, put out. They said, um, evolutionary processes and ethical reasoning may have interacted in reaching the current prevailing configurations of behaviors and institutions. But today's uncertain times have novel elements that present fundamentally new challenges. Those configurations may not be a good match. And listen to this. In other words, this is what they say in the report, ethics evolved from a past evolutionary stage of human history and due to modern exigencies should be abandoned as obsolete. Whoa. Our previous moral code, what came out of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not steal, don't cheat, don't lie, don't commit adultery, don't worship false gods. Those are obsolete because they led to this climate crisis. And again, this is in the secular UN report. This is the UN Environmental uh, Program report that came out right ahead of the conference for COP27. Uh, and they go on to to um, say that, uh, here we go, in the vacuum created by the deletion of ethics, a new moral code can be uploaded, again, directly out of the text of this document that the UN put out for this conference. Uh, and then they had this whole coalition of global religious leaders. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the um, from America, there was an LDS leader, uh, Mr. Holland, who uh, was one of the representatives from the United States. They had Catholics. They had every kind of pagan. They had evangelicals, uh, Orthodox uh, Christian leaders, Muslims, Jews, everybody. Uh, and they came together for this big climate repentance ceremony right outside of Mount Sinai where they got these new Ten Commandments that we're all supposed to obey. So they're ushering in uh, a one-world unified religious structure with a new moral code dedicated to the stewardship of Mother Earth and uh, taking good care of God rather than the traditional morality that was actually handed down by God at Mount Sinai uh, to Moses. So uh, very, very significant what's happening here, Sam. I can't overstate the significance of this, and yet we're not hearing anything about it from the fake media in the United States. It's really the Tower of Babel all over, but with every human behavior possible via the new Ten Commandments of the Framework. They want to build a Tower of Babel climate style, if you will. They're literally thumbing their nose at God and pretending that they are the new gods this is insane, folks. Now, tell me about the Ten Commandments they want to implement, because those details matter to you and I, right? 
That's exactly right, Sam. And and the, the new Ten Commandments, it's all about taking proper care of the earth and reducing our carbon footprint and stopping a plastic and stop eating meat, right? Uh, it, it's this entirely new paradigm where all decisions have to be made under the guise of taking care of the environment. And again, as, as we discussed earlier in the program, Sam, the people running this scam don't believe these lies themselves. So the environment is not the real issue, as the communist students for a democratic society used to say back in the 1960s. The issue is never the issue. The issue is always the revolution. So the issue is not saving the world from global warming. The issue is not, you know, concerned about carbon dioxide. If they cared about carbon dioxide, they wouldn't be shipping all our factories to China. Uh, the issue is uh, totally remaking the world, ushering in this new world order where Christianity will be obliterated, where they will have total control over everybody on the planet. That's, that's uh, I mean, the, the simplest summary I can give of what's happening here. Uh, they're talking about an entirely new paradigm for human existence. It's the Great Reset. It's the Green New Deal. It's the New World Odor. It's the Build Back Better, all rolled up into one giant enchilada where human freedom, self-government, national sovereignty all go out the window, and we all pay allegiance and carbon taxes to the United Nations. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know really how to respond to this because this has been going on for a long time. Let's be very clear. This is nothing new. What's new in my mind is the shift by these leaders. They used to work for the United States and then in secret work for the global governance. Now they're literally openly working for the global government, if you will. I don't believe in a global government, but they work for that. And the United States is kind of an afterthought. And they're literally announcing this on the stage. Biden literally went and spoke to these people as if he was somehow a leader in it or somehow a mover and a shaker in some way. Um, but it's a complete violation of sovereignty. This is really important to understand, folks. And we, the people, must stand up now and say, wait a minute, what are you doing, Biden? Republicans impeach him for going to these global conferences and agreeing to things that violate our sovereignty. Isn't that the core of the discussion for we, the people, Alex? Yes, it is. And, and, you know, Joe Biden put his hand on the Bible and he swore to uphold the U.S. Constitution. The Constitution does not give him the authority to surrender our sovereignty. The Constitution does not give him the authority to shut down our factories and our power plants. We need governors and sheriffs and Americans to stand up and say no. Amen to that. Alex Newman, we'll have you back soon. God bless. Thanks for joining us. He's live from Egypt, ladies and gentlemen, telling the story that nobody else will tell right here on the Sheriff Mac Show on Brideon.tv. At the Brighton store, we offer a variety of colloidal silver solutions that we make in Texas using Texas rainwater and specialized circuitry that I personally designed to produce silver ions in purified rainwater. We have a colloidal silver extra strength spray, a silver-based first aid gel, as well as a colloidal silver herbal mouthwash solution that people just rave about. Each one of these is subjected to our rigorous laboratory testing for metals, glyphosate, and microbiology in order to ensure product purity and safety for your health. We manufacture our own silver products right in the heart of Texas and deliver them to you using our own warehousing and fulfillment infrastructure that we built to serve real America. All of us here at Brighton, thank you for your support. Shop our silver products at brighteonstore.com. Here we grow again. Brighton is expanding with our new daily live stream in Espanol. Anchored by hosts like Jorge Hernandez, a former Telemundo and Fox reporter, 
Brighton TV and Español is bringing over a dozen new hosts and shows to the Spanish speakers of the world who are seeking out the truth on everything. To watch, go to Brighton.com, click on the Español live stream, and prepare to hear the truth in a whole new language. Brighton TV in Español. Satellite phones have been wiped out globally because of the supply chain collapse and war in Europe. But a truly amazing new option has emerged: the Bivy Stick, which allows you to send and receive text messages using almost any mobile device without relying on cell towers at all. In a world where war, riots, or a power grid failure can happen literally at any time, the Bivy Stick and its two-way satellite messaging gives you the power to reach loved ones, to send emergency messages, or request a rescue. And to use this device, you do not have to register your name, and you don't need to turn on location services or reveal your geographic location. The battery life is several days in duration, and you can easily recharge it using a small portable power bank. There are only about 20,000 Bivy sticks that will be available in America this year. Get yours now while they're still available at sat123.com. That's sat123.com. I feel that Juvent is helping me to get better every day in every way. That impact is what has been shown to help improve your bone density. Without that impact, you're missing a very important nutrient in your physical conditioning program. The Juvent Micro Impact System allows the person to create more joint range of motion. Now I know there's a chance that nourishment can take place to that joint. folks, but Joe Biden addresses UN climate conference according to the National Public Radio NPR and Biden claims climate efforts more urgent than ever at the summit. Did you hear that he even went much less reported? The United Nations framework on the convention on climate change is real and serious and they're implementing via this new human development 
report. They're ushering in a new man-made Ten Commandments as opposed to God's Ten Commandments. They say, Genesis is God's Commandments. That's how we got in this crisis. Now let's have man's Ten Commandments, folks. It is insane. All right, that's a summary of that. We've got Patrick Byrne with us now, former chairman and CEO of Overstock. Really now his nickname should be Mr. Whistleblower because he's telling the tale like nobody else. Patrick, welcome, sir. Uh, good to be on, Sam. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So you attended a White House meeting, uh, and then you got betrayed. Let's start there. Well, on December 18th, this, and pardon me, I don't. All I have is a uh, my i my iPhone. This is not as as Hollywood like as it should. Yeah, December 18th, 2020, I. Kind of, he snuck into the White House. Oh, you're somebody. breaking up. Hopefully, you can move to higher ground, Patrick. Can you? How's this? Yeah, try that. Go ahead. Let me see if I can. If this doesn't work, tell me something else, and I'll switch on to a wireless. That might be better. Uh, a Wi-Fi. Connection. All right, go ahead. So on December 18th, when 2020. 2020, I went into the White House. You know this story, don't you? That I went into the White House and tried to convince the president. To to do a quick investigation, I tried to convince him that he had the authority to under under really things that well that the government itself had published. What is key is that no one has understood and no one will report that whole. I went over there and I brought Sidney Powell and Mike Flynn in tow, and I sort of got to the Oval Office. I busted. I snuck in, did not have an appointment. It was all kind of a funny moment in history, but Jedi mind trick. And I tried to convince the president that, so this was not based on any theories of anything to do with South Korean jets with ballots in them or any of this stuff. It was, look, Mr. President, the government itself has made some statements. Now, we didn't have, have with us, but it was mentioned the DHS on October 6th, a month before the election, less than a month, uh, October 6, 2020, they'd come out with a threat to the nation or threat to the homeland, their annual threat to the homeland report, and they said there's going to be an attempted hack on this election. On October 20th, the DHS came out and said the Iranians are trying to hack uh, various state election systems. On October 30th, they came out and said the Iranians have successfully hacked one state. They're going after other states, and there's other nation states joining in this cyber assault. Then on December 8th, the federal government came out and said something about a massive hack. And then on December 13th, they came out and revealed the SolarWinds hack, which was the network security behind 425 out of 500, Fortune 500 companies was compromised. The security of the CIA, NSA, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Cyber Command, uh, every part of the U.S. government was hacked because of the SolarWinds hack. And SolarWinds, that same technology is used within the voting machines. So they came out. So we were pointing out to the president, look, this isn't, doesn't have to be based on wild theories of vote flipping from space. We have the federal government itself has now made these six statements. And Mr. President, and we didn't have the DHS threat assessment with us that was mentioned, but the other five were printed out and they, we had them. That's what was in the folder. We walked the president through it and then we pointed out to him, sir, Based on what President Obama signed and something his own DNI, Director of National Intelligence, put out, and something that an executive order he signed and then one that you signed, 
in 2018, sir, based on these statements from the government, you have every right to go into a quick investigation, look at six hard drives. All we have to do is take an image of six hard drives. We can take them back. And we told him officially this will be a two-week investigation, but, sir, it will really take a week. And between us, I think we'll have an answer to you in two or three days. So we'll have an answer to you certainly by Christmas Eve. And this was said to him on December 18th. That's what that meeting was about. His lawyers came in, caught the tail end of it. They had, so we walked him through all those documents. And I would say in 30 to 40 minutes, it was pretty clear. And anyone can pull this up. Anyone can go pull up those documents and look at what they say and look at what the Obama's own executive order says and tell me the president doesn't have the right to order a quick investigation. You know, he could have done anything. He could have legally rerun an investigation, uh, an election, but he could, but we were just saying, hey, give a few days, send a DHS team into these six places and look at the hard drives. That's all that was in the plan. I said on top of that, look, we could make it 12, we could make it 31, we could use not the DHS, we could use National Guard and U.S. Marshals, but at the core of the plan was, on the piece of paper, was use DHS to go and look at six hard drives in six counties. This could have all been resolved in three days. His lawyers freaked out. Well, actually, you know, his lawyers conducted that. They joined that about 30 minutes late. We walked all through it again. They had all their say. They saw that we were right. At that point, just sort of apropos of nothing, the main lawyer turned to Sidney Powell and just started picking a fight, just started saying, you filed 60 cases and none of them won. Blah, blah. And he, just, he tried to make it all about, you know, theories of South Korean jets loaded with ballots and crazy stuff. He's the, none of that was what we went in with. So, so that's what December 18th was about. And I think it would have saved the Republic. I, well, to this, I was in the room with Donald Trump. Well, what happened was we had him talked into it. We spent four hours ultimately moving to the, his residency, the yellow oval, it's called. And at 1215, we thought we were good. We thought that we might have to scale it down to even one county. And I had forgotten this. It's only after I testified to J6 and then started talking to people around me about what were their memories. They reminded me, we came out of that meeting, actually, we went back to the hotel and said, actually, we got to shrink this down, come up with a version that shrinks this down to one county. And we were just going to choose Maricopa. We chose Maricopa. So I think that was a very limited and reasonable plan. That's what they're trying to paint as extremists. What they're trying to say is we came in with a plan to run an insurrection on J6, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's all crazy. There was one, precisely one mention of, J of January 6th in that December 18th meeting. I said, sir, like I say, we can get this done in two weeks, really a week and maybe a few days. And if you don't pull the trigger, you know, if you pull the trigger tonight, we'll have an answer for you by Monday or Tuesday. If you don't, you know, you can think about it, but you can't get up to January 6th and lose in, in Congress and then ask us to do this. That would be sore loserism. And that was, I remember, because that was the, the, the neologism I came up with that expressed it. And he kind of looked at me startled. And again, as I, as we, we had a few moments in the course of the evening where we were like part, just whispering to each other in a doorway for a second or two. And I repeated that to him once and he, he got it. So that was the only mention of J6. Now the J6 committee, has to say that we came in with a plan to start an insurrection, this and that, and in which case they got a problem. They got me, and they got my testimony, and we got the paperwork. I've even found the guy who actually drew up the plan, and, and uh, you know, there was a DHS plan to do just what I'm saying to do. So it's going to be really tough for them to make stick. The, the narrative they want to say was something like we, oh, and, and so then the other thing that, 
that people should know is it's been described in my book. Am I going on too long for you, sir? Or is this, is this, do you have the idea? All right, let's talk about this. So you snuck into the White House. You had an emergency meeting with Trump. You basically said, look, we've got evidence, hardcore evidence of election fraud. No. You got it no, all no, 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 Trump? No, 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 We went in and said, we have the United States government is saying this has been hacked. That's what we went in with. We didn't go in with affidavits. We didn't go with evidence or theories. or We went in with statements from the United States federal government that the election had been hacked. That right, Iran had hacked saying... one state, that other states were being hacked, and that other nations had joined in, and that now on December 13th, the government has come out and said, we've been hacked straight through to the I, I understand. We're, we're, we're doing this to be very clear. So you're saying that the yeah. government says they've been hacked, and they don't let Trump know about it, and you're there to let Trump know what the government is saying, Right. Yes, we're very close. Close knew that Trump knew that the government had been hacked, but he had, it had not been explained to him that given that the government is now saying all these things have been hacked, that the president itself already had the authority to say, you know what, I'm going to send the DHS down and take a look at six hard drives. He had the authority. He actually had the authority to do all kinds of things, but he certainly had the authority to do that per an executive order that Obama had signed and that Trump had sort of re reenlisted. So it's a really very simple case we had. And, and that's why I that's, specify this. So Patrick's not going in saying he has evidence of vote fraud. He's merely saying, Trump, the government's reports say they've been hacked and there's election fraud. And you only know part of the story, President, right? Yep. And he even said to his lawyers, he said his lawyers happens to be coincidentally named Pat, Patrick Cipollone. He said, Pat, why haven't you told us about this? Why haven't you told me about these guys are at least finding these arguments and making this argument. Why haven't you even told me that I had these powers? And Pat Cipollone said to him, sir, I'm the White House general counsel. I'm not your campaign attorney. Which I don't even know Excuse what me. the hell that's supposed to mean. Uh, you know, how'd you like to be the president? What it, what it means House is to- elections govern all and they know it. Now, here's the thing. When Trump and Patrick were talking, though, Giuliani was there, right? He was on the phone. I'll tell you just, he was on the phone for the first half of this listening. You want to know you're, you're breaking up again, Patrick. Do you want to know about the Giuliani factor? Yes, because I think you were betrayed from within by Giuliani, right? I don't know, betrayed, but Donald Giuliani was listening on a phone at from a restaurant at 9.30 or 10. Well, I've been out and seen Rudy Giuliani at restaurants at 9.30 or 10. I'm not sure he's the guy I would go to for legal advice at that point. And Giuliani came in at, I think it was around 10 o'clock, came into the White House, and he sat down, and the president told us to get him aside and show him what we had. And he came into the cabinet room. We sat with him, and I I distinctly remember him sitting at a folder and opening it and trying to study it for about 20 or 30 seconds. And then he and Sidney got into some kind of fight that we couldn't – they had some past history that we couldn't um, stop. What he ended up doing is when we left – ended up leaving at 12.30 or 12.15, we had the president, we thought, sold on it. We thought we had a rough, okay, we're going to go forward. Maybe we're going to shrink this down to one one city. It turns out that two to three minutes after we left, 
uh, Giuliani already had Trump talked out of it, said, if you do this, Mr. President, we're all going to end up in prison. And by the time in my book, it's explained that I got onto the sidewalk in front of the White House at about 1220 at night. I saw Rudy and Meadows leaving from another entrance. Rudy explained to me last this this January of this year that actually they had already in that two or three minutes, they had turned Trump around, which is why Trump, Trump had been really down. We had snuck in. We got his hopes up. Then we left. He got talked out of it. He went up to his bedroom and he sent up an hour later. He sent up this tweet. He had switched back to the J6 uh, to the to the Green Bay strategy. That was Rudy's strategy, which was the J6. We're going to have to state legislatures do things and look at evidence and something's going to happen on January 6th. So that's why he sent out that tweet that night. But the point is, it's kind of funny. Rudy said, I said to him in January, why did you talk the president out of it? And he said, well, I didn't think your affidavits were enough. And then I've seen him do some evidences. I'm sorry, some interviews where he's talked about that meeting. And he says, I looked at the file of affidavits that Bernard brought in and I read them and decided that there wasn't enough to justify this action they wanted to take. Well, here's the punchline. There wasn't an affidavit in that folder. There was not an affidavit in that folder. That folder was a statement by the FBI DHS on October 20th. It was a statement by the DHS on October 30th, a statement by the FBI on November 30th, a statement by the DNI on, you know, on December 13th. Why is it that when you call Rudy Giuliani in from dinner at 10 o'clock at night and given a stack of government uh, publications, you know, press releases and statements, he looks at it, he can't tell the difference between a set of FBI releases and a set of affidavits, uh, draw your own inference on that one. Draw your own inference. I say you guys were betrayed. The President of the United States talked out of it. He couldn't tell the I difference between betrayed. a stack of government documents and a stack of affidavits. That's how drunk he was. Yeah, and so to me that's a betrayal, intentional or not. You know, that's debatable. And he, uh, but And he talked the President out of it. He talked the President out of the one step that would have prevented us from getting here. You know right, what? Now, if we had gone in, and, you know, go ahead. The solar winds uh, link to this is critical because you're saying anybody that ha- the key to the solar winds hack has the key to all elections, right? Yes. Every Explain election database. I'm sorry. Explain that for a second so people understand that. Okay, there's a company called SolarWinds. It put out, I'm not even sure it exists anymore. It has a network security product. Think of that as like the fence you put around your company so hackers can't break in. It's the cyber fence around your company. They also have another product that is a product that is, I don't want to get too dolphin speak, but for those who know what a FTP server is, that's what it is. It's called Serview. Corporations, when they speak to each other in big files, they don't email a big, a, a huge gigabyte file to another corporation. They they have they have systems so their machines talk to each other. And one machine wakes up and sort of goes to the other corporation's machine and tickles it with the right code, and that opens up and they inject a big file. That's called FTP. I won't go into any detail. But but the same company, SolarWinds, had an FTP product. The equipment uses their FTP product. It's called Serview. So it's on a whole bunch of the machinery. That FTP product is built <coughs> using inside of it is the same product that got hacked. So that means all of these equipment that were running the that were running the FTP product, so the equipment, the machines could speak to each other, had within them the exact same solar wind hack 
that allowed, which is the biggest hack in U.S. history. It was announced December 13th, 2020. So anyone who had that key also could get into our election equipment and change databases. <clears throat> and it has turned out since then <clears throat> that most of these mach machines have illegally, they have software on them that they're not supposed to have called SQL <clears throat> that lets them edit a database. So they have, so anyone who had that backdoor key to the biggest hack in history could also get on our election equipment and edit all of our databases around the country. So well, we were telling the president, based on that, we think you ought to send a DHS in and take an image of the hard drive. And if you find what we think you're going to find, which is that this was accessed <coughs> internationally or where that stuff was written and rewritten over, which is incidentally exactly what has been found when we got to look in Michigan and Pennsylvania and in Mesa County, Colorado, if they, they could have found that in a couple hours and we would have known December 21st, 2020, that the election had been hacked and needed to be run again. Frankly, that's what would have happened. So the bottom line is with this evidence, then you have now issued a direct challenge to the Obama <laughs> or to Obama, to the DOJ, to the FBI and the rest of the deep state. Tell us about your challenge. Well, I've come out and finally acknowledged that I worked for the deep state. I had a lifetime relationship with the deep state. I'm not a spy. I'm not an asset. I've never done anything like that. I'm like a college professor. And on occasion, and I've explained in a couple of these speeches, I was asked to do some things and what I was asked to do in 25, 2016 included I was involved in the Russian collusion delusion setup, and I was involved in a Hillary Clinton investigation, both of them working for Peter Strzok. I've come out and said that. I work for Peter Strzok. I know all the inside secrets of the Clinton investigation and the Russian investigation. And the inside secrets are the Russian investigation caught her in January 2016 taking a bribe, and she was blackmailed after that. And the... The Russian investigation was completely cooked up. Peter Strzok has come out and said it started on January, on July 2016 when they became aware of Maria Butina and that started the whole crossfire hurricane. He is lying through his teeth. They did, knew all about her in July of 2015 and they had me smushing her around the Republic. Me, they were standing in the background letting her smush up the Republican Party and dirty it up. Her assignment was to meet anyone in the Hillary Cruz Rubio or Trump campaigns, Maria Butina, and build connections to Russia. And they, the FBI, let all that happen. They, they warned Hillary, so she stayed out. So whoever won on the Republican side, Cruz Rubio or Trump, was going to have a Russian scandal. That's a little mind-boggling for you Republicans. I promise you the Russian scandal was not about Donald Trump. The Russian scandal was set up before Trump ever came down an escalator, the, the Russian scandal was being set up. It was, whether it was Cruz Rubio or Trump, Whoever won was going to walk into accusations of a Russian collusion delusion. Amen. All right. Give it. us your challenge this now. This isn't the theory. I did it. I did it. I'm the guy. I was part of the whole thing. All right. Let's talk about your challenge then because you're saying, hey, I'd pay $10 million to be tried for sedition in a military court, whether I'm telling the truth or not. If I'm convicted, yep. hang me. If I'm not telling the truth yep. or if I'm lying, hang me for this stuff, right? Correct. I, I would. I want them, if I'm lying, I will stipulate. Stipulate is a lawyer's way of saying, you don't even have to prove this in court. I will agree up front, save you the time of proof. If I'm lying about this stuff, I'm committing sedition. You should hang me. They should hang me. Uh, I, I will do anything they need for me to speak, for them to try me next week or this week in a military court on the condition that it's on camera. And I only need one hour for my defense, 
I'm going to call six witnesses, about 10 minutes each. And as I said, I think when I'm done, I they can hang me, but I think that the people are going to be more likely to be hanging, you know, Mark, what's the guy's name? Millie? Mark, uh, General yes. Milley and stuff, because they've betrayed their oath to the country, the Constitution. They have let the country fail on their watch. And I can prove it in 60 minutes with six witnesses that my whole story is true. All right. What gives you the courage to speak out now, Patrick? If you've done this for so long, why not just keep quiet? <sighs> to be honest, I've been trying to speak out. They have snuffed me out. And I finally came out with more facts that they uh, they know they can't snuff out. I set up the deep state in a rape and murder thing. Have you heard about this? Yes. I put them in the position. I knew <clears throat> I knew from, from October 2016 what they were doing, that there was some kind of coup, soft coup going on, someone trying to set up and take over the government, be it Hillary or uh, Trump. And as you know, I didn't even vote for Trump. But I set up a sting on the on the deep state for them to continue past October 2016, for them to take one step with the Russian collusion farce past October 2016. I put them in the position they had to do something really bad. And you know what? They did something really bad. And you can I see we're running out of time. So we'll save that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're out of time. Patrick Burns literally saying, hey, there's election fraud. We can prove it. And the deplorables are proven right once again, if you will, ladies and gentlemen. Patrick Burns, thank you. We have got to stay on the election fraud issues, folks. The evidence is there, even though they claim otherwise. God save the republic. Yeah, this is David in engineering. This is your wife in suburbia. Oh, hi, hon. What's up? How's the robot coming? Well, it doesn't exactly respond to requests Uh, yet, but I'm... Well, I know how frustrating that can be. You do? Uh Uh-huh. I'm still waiting for my romantic lunch date. Oh, yeah. David. Well, I must not have enough memory uh, allocated. Uh Uh-huh. Sorry. You know, your son said mama today. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Well, we'll have to have that sound chip changed to Dada. Well, you could reprogram it yourself, you know. I know. Hey, why don't we do it over lunch today? Oh, you really are brilliant. Thanks. You want me to bring the robot? David. He can order pasta in 11 languages. Only if he pays for his own lunch. Okay. Oh, don't forget to bring Chip. Uh, I still wish we hadn't named him that. Well, why? It beats general default. Oh. Family. Isn't it about time? Do you know that a baby processes information three times faster than an adult? An adult what? Engineer. Funny, funny. <laughs> I'll see you soon. I can't wait. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Have you ever had great honey? No, I mean really good, all-natural, raw honey? Well, now you can, thanks to LocalHoneyMan.com. We can ship out our locally made honey all across the U.S. So don't worry, you won't miss out. Plus, Local Honey Man has so many different flavors, like Utah Wildflower, High Desert Delight, Happy Valley, and Blackberry, just to name a few. So purchase your delicious raw honey today at LocalHoneyMan.com. Do you treasure your liberty? Well, at LovingLiberty.net, we most certainly do. And we want to help protect your liberty, too. Become part of the family. Everyone knows that the core of any society is the family. Therefore, the government should foster and protect the integrity of its family. We the people. Won't you join us as a Loving Liberty sponsor to help us promote the principles in the 5,000-year leap? Let's restore the miracle that changed the world at LovingLiberty.net.
All right, back to you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman on your radio. Two incredible blockbuster interviews, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. So I don't know if you've ever heard, but Carrie Lake got beat by less than a percentage point. We all are convinced there's election fraud, and they always tell you that we make these claims without evidence. But ladies and gentlemen, Alex Newman with me doing a great job. But you know what? He reports live from the conference of the parties in Egypt. Yeah, can you say election fraud? Katie Hobbs won. Now what does that mean? Katie Hobbs gets to certify her own election? Is that what that means, folks? Because it's very strange to me. Anyway, we talked to Alex Newman about the U.N. Climate Conference in Egypt where Joe Biden spoke. Biden claims that climate efforts more urgent than ever. Uh, bottom line is they're replacing God's Ten Commandments, giving the blame on God's Ten Commandments for the climate crisis. Uh, and then through the Human Development Report, literally creating a new man-made Ten Commandments, turns our back on everything that we know looks towards a unified, single-government-controlled global religion, breaching the sovereignty of the United States like you wouldn't believe. Well, then we get Patrick Byrne on, and Patrick sneaks into the White House with an emergency meeting in Trump, and he says, hey, man, this solar winds hack has got all these election machines hacked as well. Well, now Trump and Patrick, because they were going to do something about it, got betrayed by Rudy Giuliani, who talked the president out of it. Anyway, anyone who had a key to the solar winds hack basically had the key to these election machines, according to Patrick. And Patrick issues a direct challenge to Obama, the DOJ, the FBI, and the rest of the deep state. Says, I used to work for the deep state, folks. I didn't realize what I was doing exactly, but hey, I'm coming clean now. And Mr. Burns says, quote, I'd pay $10 million to be tried for sedition in the military courts. If I'm convicted, hang me. If I'm lying about this stuff, hang me. Give me 10 minutes per witness, six witnesses, one hour to prove my innocence and update the facts. Well, folks, Patrick announced that he's recently diagnosed with cancer or cancerous tumors within his spine, and that has given him the courage to do this. He says the only thing is you've got to televise my trial because I don't want to be snookered and have you guys twist it and manipulate it. He knows that the deep state can't be trusted with anything. And the only way to prevent the manipulation of the twisting of the truth is for him to go live on camera. Trump knows this as well. That's why he says, I'll testify before J6 if it's televised. The government won't do it. Deplorables proven right once again. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get CSPOA SMS updates, then text the word CSPOA or five letters CSPOA to the following number 53445. That's 53445. And you can check out archives on video at brighteon.com. And then the archives of the radio portion, lovingliberty.net. Spread the word, share the love. Hour one in the can. Incredible guest next hour as well, right here on Liberty Roundtable Live. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Broadcasting live. 
From atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt continues. This is the broadcast for November the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two, and man, our first hour on Brighty on TV, simulcast with radio, was incredible. Two guests, Alex Newman reporting from Egypt, highlighting the climate change governance they're putting together. Global leaders undermining the sovereignty of the United States like you wouldn't believe. Biden claims that climate efforts more urgent than ever at summit. You didn't even know Biden attended, did you? Why? Because the mainstream press is derelict in their duty on reporting things that matter the most to you and I. They're titillating us with elections, but yet there's election fraud everywhere. So while the United Nations is plotting the demise of the Ten Commandments by God and replacing it with their own Ten Commandments... (laughs) Patrick Byrne is reporting the facts. He literally snuck into the White House. He's been a state operative for some time, he freely admits. And he uh, literally snuck into the White House, talked to Donald Trump for four hours. Uh, Giuliani uh, betrayed them both. Patrick says, hey, anybody who had access to the SolarWinds hack or the key, if you will, the back door, they also had a key to any election machine in America that was running the, quote, serve you FTP product, which means they had unlimited administrative access to the databases, and most of these databases use SQL. So what that means is they not only had access to the databases via the breach, but they had the SQL tools in which they could manipulate the databases via the back door. Now, Patrick Burns is so bold, he gives a direct challenge to Obama, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the rest of the deep state, okay? And in his challenge, he says this. I'd pay $10 million to be tried for sedition in a military court next week. And if I'm convicted, hang me. If I'm lying, again, hang me if I'm lying about this stuff, okay? Then he says this. Patrick announced that he was recently diagnosed with cancerous tumors in his spine, which has given him the courage to step out and uh, basically dare the military courts to try him in a sedition charge, to hang him by sunset if he's lying. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to call six witnesses for 10 minutes each. Uh, And his only one condition is it's got to be televised on national TV, the trial, and he'll do it. The bottom line is the deplorables proven right once again. Patrick Burns, very bold, speaking out. That was our one. <laughs> Between Alex in Egypt and Patrick Burns doubling down on his challenge, the mainstream press shutting off all information on both stories, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we got another one for you. We're the government's flat out and the mainstream press flat out not being willing to tell the story. Our guest now is a man by the name of Loy. Brunson. Uh, And Lloyd Brunson has been involved in politics for a long time. Let's just introduce him now. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Hi, Sam. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invitation. You're very welcome. We've had you on before, but give people a 30-second on who you are, and then we'll get to the task at hand, sir. 
Well, I have three brothers, and we're known as the Brunson Brothers, and we got on a bunch of national television shows and did a bunch of touring back uh, back in the day, Tonight Show, Christmas in Washington, President Reagan. And then uh, we got involved in the Constitution, studying it and uh, and promoting it. So uh, that led to what we're doing now. We're involved in uh, in a lawsuit that's at the Supreme Court right now. All right, so let's talk about this because there's three separate cases, and are these three separate cases being boiled into one now? No, actually, they're all separate, and uh, there's only one that has uh, reached the Supreme Court, and uh, we had to go. It's it, it went to state court first, and then it went to the federal court. The plan was to just get it to the Supreme Court. We knew that they would dismiss it, so we just wanted them to do it in a quick fashion so that we could get to the Supreme Court with it. So it went to the, from the state court to the federal court to the 10th Circuit Court, and now it's at the U.S. Supreme Court. The U.S. attorneys have until the 23rd of this month to respond with an opposition. We'll probably do a quick reply, and then it'll go to calendar for the nine justices to vote on whether to move it forward or not. All we need are All four. Right, so- if the other justices decide to move it forward, then it'll go forward. And what if they just kick it out? Then they kick it out, and it's over. And we've got another one that we're working on. All right. So the first one is yours, where you sued uh, basically who? How did this start? Well, um, we decided that we should do something about the 2020 election. It was obviously wrought with questionable uh, types of uh, activity. So uh, when we heard that 100 credible witnesses, members of the Senate, the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House, presented evidence that should have been much more than enough to launch at least a 10-day investigation, 100 members of Congress said, let's investigate for 10 days. Let's just put this uh, electoral vote uh, acceptance off for 10 days, and uh, 380 seven uh, were against it. Actually, well, 384 were against it, and so we filed a lawsuit against the 384 members of Congress that were against it and wouldn't allow that investigation to happen, and included in the complaint, the defendants also include Biden, Harris, and Pence. So that would be 388 defendants. All right, so let's be very clear then. We're saying that there's three court cases over the 2020 election fraud scenario. The three cases are similar, but they're different because they're on their own separate tracks, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you got to understand. And the reason that they did this because they knew that the U.S. attorneys would be able to get the courts to dismiss the following cases, but yet his two brothers and Loy himself they felt like, hey, you know what? If we had all these cases, we could put them eventually at the United States Supreme Court where the final decision could be made by a majority of the constitutional Supreme Court justices. So this is interesting. There's three cases, and the point of the three cases is, hey, eventually if these cases have different outcomes, that's what forces the Supreme Court discussion, right? Sure. Yeah, and the and the Supreme Court, as I said, just has one case in front of them right now. What this case actually does is give the Supreme Court justices the power to remove from office every single defendant that's holding federal office. So it's a pretty powerful case that they have. 
Now, right, now I want to kind of. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. There will the first hearing where they vote is it will be scheduled. It's going to go to conference where the nine justices will take a vote. All we need are four justices to move this forward. And uh, we believe that uh, we believe that they're going to do it because uh, three of the justices have already uh, voted uh, voted in favor of uh, voter fraud types of cases. And uh, the three additional justices, we believe, uh, would do something as well because they are three justices that were that have already voted in favor of overturning Roe versus Wade and other constitutional uh, type Supreme Court cases. So we feel like it's that the Supreme Court's ready for this. All right. So let's be very clear. Your federal lawsuit against the, quote, 388 defendants in Utah's court, district court, if you will, was blocked. And so now. Actually, uh, actually, no, actually, let me explain that. The state court case was not blocked. It was removed by the U.S. attorneys with a motion to federal court, which we were happy about. That's fine. So then it went from the federal court to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, and the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals sat on it for months, and we thought, oh, my gosh, we're dead in the water. And so finally we did some research and found that there's a special rule, Rule 11, and you can apply that to your petition and send it to the Supreme Court, and if they feel like it is of a national emergency type case, they can allow you to bypass the lower Tenth Circuit Court, which they did when we filed it. So, so hold on, I need you to I need you to explain this to me because it gets complicated, folks. It Look, does. It he does, took yeah. be, because of this, he took two federal courts to state court for a redress of grievance, right? Yeah, well, we start with a state court, and they said, you shouldn't be in state court. This is a federal issue. So they removed it to federal court. The federal court of Utah, there's just one federal court of Utah, and we lost there with a motion to dismiss against it. So we took it, we appealed it to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, and then they sat on it. And if they were to sit on it forever, we'd never get to the Supreme Court based on the normal rules. But we found that there's a special rule that if they're sitting on a case that can be that can be qualified as a national emergency, then the Supreme Court will accept it. And that happened. They accepted it. And they called us on the phone. The clerk of the whole court's office called us on the phone and said, we are accepting this, even though the Tenth Circuit has not made a decision. We're accepting it based on the fact that it's Rule 11, a national emergency. And then they requested that we put more information in it for conference, which we did. And just before we sent it to them, the Tenth Circuit backpedaled and hurried and made a decision. I think it's because they didn't want that black mark of having a, a Rule 11 hanging over them going to the Supreme Court. So we called the court and said, hey, now that the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals has made a decision, we don't need Rule 11. Should we just take it out? And they agreed with us and said, take it out. You don't need All right, it. hang tight. Lloyd Brunson with me, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about three court cases in a very strange twist of events, very likely to end up in the Supreme Court. Uh, there's details. We're going to talk about them. We're also going to talk about money. This can't be cheap, right? Liberty Roundtable Live. 
As you are aware, America is divided over every fault line possible. This is intentionally fostered by those who do not love God, family, or country. We believe a peaceful future as a free people absolutely depends on civility. Clarion Call for Civility is looking for funding and volunteers at every level to make our hopes and efforts a reality. Please donate, sign our pledge, and help us in our sacred cause. Please visit callforcivility.com for more details. Callforcivility.com. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud. The 2020 elections were one of the most corrupt in history. See the proof for yourself. We tracked 2,000 mules making multiple ballot drops. 2,000 mules, the shocking new movie from Dinesh D'Souza. One mule made 53 trips to 20 drop boxes. 2,000 mules. Join the special virtual premiere and Q&A on May 7th. Get your tickets now. Available only at 2,000mules.com. 2,000mules.com. Sponsored by Salem Media Group. Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. We're talking to Lloyd Brenton, ladies and gentlemen, and his brother and him have filed, I guess his brothers have filed three different court cases. And one of the court cases now is now on the docket of the United States Supreme Court. If you want to look it up, this can be found at supremecourt.gov, and it's docket number 22-380, uh, and this is very nuanced and complicated, ladies and gentlemen, about the rules, about things blocked, about things dismissed, about people sitting, you know, government sitting on cases, et cetera, et cetera. But because of a bunch of strange rules and, and unique maneuvering by attorneys, et cetera, et cetera, they've got this on the docket. The question is, will they will they take it or will they shut it down? Time will tell. But you know what? One case is on the docket now and two other identical cases uh, are still in play. So this is very, very interesting. And I want to talk about, before we get into the money details and how expensive this is going to be and all that kind of stuff, because when Richard Mack went to the Supreme Court to beat Bill Clinton, it cost about $600,000. But you sued, and your brothers and everybody sued Biden, Harris, Kamala Harris, Mike Pence, and and 388, or I guess 385, members of the, listen, U.S. Congress, we're talking about the House and Senate members. Uh, And how did you determine which of those members to be sued? This is important. Every single one of those that fought against and would not uphold a simple 10-day investigation into the mountain of evidence 
that there were tampering or voter fraud having to do with the 2020 election. See, we're not suing because of the outcome. We're suing because there was a mountain of evidence, 100 credible witnesses, members of Congress wanted a simple 10-day investigation. So we wanted Mike Lee and others to say, look, we cannot certify this yet. We will as soon as these allegations are proven true or, or untrue. That's what he should have done. So 100 members of the U.S. Senate and House did the right thing. The other 384 did not the right thing, so we're suing because we were deprived our right to participate in a constitutionally sound, honest election. We're not suing about the outcome. We're suing about the fact that they didn't allow an honest investigation to happen after a tremendous amount of evidence was presented by credible members of Congress as witnesses. Now, let's be very clear. So all the other cases that we've seen to date, ladies and gentlemen, have affidavits. They're trying to suggest or prove this point or bring witnesses about this and that and the other and the other. What Loy and brothers are saying is, hey, Congress knows this is legitimate. You had 100 members of Congress literally putting together the positive proof of why this needs to happen. The fact that it did not occur and they certified the elections without even giving us a redress of grievance, meaning looking into these serious, solid, proven allegations. In other words, there's evidence. Okay, ignoring that is the problem. You can't just ignore that or there is no redress of grievance. There is no opportunity for the American people to have an honest vote. We are all disenfranchised by the ignoring of these facts. True or false, you just can't dismiss all that and ignore it. You must be accountable to it. So you got an interesting deal in Utah. Mike Lee, he was not sued, right? He was. He is a defendant. Chris Mike Stewart Lee was, was sued also. Yes, Mike Lee did not support a simple 10-day investigation. So he is a defendant. Now, we have an option to remove him as a defendant if we choose, and others if we feel like they are, you know, if they, if they understand what they did and make up for it. All right. There's an opportunity for solutions, folks. Now, who was not sued then in this? Let's talk about that because the re- I mean, it's a lot larger number that were sued than not. Who stood up properly? Sure. Well, Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley headed up the investigation, so we did not sue them and about 98 others. We didn't sue those who were not didn't vote either way that were not in attendance. We just sued the the definite ones that fought against it. So the only representatives in Utah. That we did that we that we did not sue, the only federal officers in Utah that we did not sue, is Chris Stewart, and Burgess Owens. They were not sued. They supported a 10-day investigation, but Mike Lee, and John Curtis, and uh, Blake Moore, and uh, who was the other? Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. There we go. They are defendants. All right. Mike what about Lee. Rand Paul? Did he stand up? I don't think he did. I think he's a defendant. I'll have to double-check the list. I'd be interested to know that. You can go to the docket, and you'll see every single defendant. He may not have stood up. I don't think he did, if I remember. I think he's a defendant. That is shocking. Yeah, it is. And he's one of those defendants that – well, we could work with any of them, actually. And if we felt like it was – it, w- it would be a good thing to remove them as a defendant. It would be best for this country to remove them as a defendant. We have the opportunity. We have the option to do that. All right. The mainstream press not even willing to talk about this with you, are they? 
I don't want them to talk about it. I don't even want I I don't want them to I want this to just stay within these smaller circles of people who support an honest election. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I quadruple down, ladies and gentlemen, in support of an honest election. And I think to not have that 10 day investigation, I think it should have been longer than 10 days, by the way. Uh, But to not have the investigation, look, they they literally let the January 6th uh, criminals, agent provocateurs, in bed with the FBI. If you go watch the Epic Times uh, movie about January 6th, you get the true side of the story. The government literally in bed with Antifa, Black Lives Matter, uh, the Proud Boys, etc., were all involved in literally this insurrection that they tried to blame on Trump. uh, And that's what literally got a lot of them to circumvent an investigation fraudulently so and so this fits into it too doesn't it oh absolutely you know this is the first interview i've done okay this this supreme court case was just docketed on the 20th of october this just happened so this is brand new so i appreciate you inviting me on and you are the first person like i said to interview me there's some others that have reached out that i'll be consenting to interviews with but you're the first, Sam, so that's great. Thank you for the invite. That's just because Liberty Roundtable Live is at the front of all the news. That's why. That's right. Well, they certainly are. It is. <laughs> all right, I want to talk about this, though, because really I don't know what happened, but you know, even with the insurrection or whatever you want to call it on January 6th, I believe it was a betrayal uh, by the government in bed with uh, bad actors. But that's another topic, and I'll, I'll give you a headline after the yeah. bottom of the hour that validates my point on this. But all I'm telling you is – uh, I don't understand why they didn't just um, basically, you know, give it a couple of days, then investigate, and then move forward. And so when we say that we say there's election problems without evidence, I think that your case sits squarely at the point. You can get off on a tangent about machines uh, or about uh, delays or vote flipping or counting. or you, you can make it very complicated, but your case is very simple. It simply says, look, folks, there's a mountain of evidence of problems here that the courts won't investigate. They say you don't have standing or da-da-da. And Congress literally dismissed. And this bad actor scenario is what caused that to occur. The people were there to create accountability, to peacefully assemble, to demand a redress of grievance, and they never got it. And that's the core of your case, right? That is absolutely correct, yes. I think about this, and I I just wonder, though, if the courts will be honest enough to deal with this squarely or if they'll find a technicality, Lloyd. Well, we're talking about six justices that are being threatened by this, by most of the defendants. They have, they have threatened to stack the court. They threatened uh, – they have not defended the Supreme Court justices' private residences. They've allowed uh, leaking to go on. Uh, Chuck Schumer threatened Kavanaugh publicly. Uh, they've they've – they have defamed the the Supreme Court justices, the conservative ones. So, in my mind, they might as well be the plaintiffs on this. I mean, this is this will benefit them. This will benefit America. This will protect the Supreme Court. And these justices that overturned Roe versus Wade was a good example of, I think, them standing up. Now, when the nine justices get together in conference on this, which they will do. Only four of them have to vote in favor of it moving forward, and we believe that we have at least six that would do that. Once it moves forward, then there's some litigation that goes on on the Supreme Court level, and then the final outcome will be another vote 
of, of the nine justices. Now, a, a point <sighs> I'd like to make. A point I'd like to make is three of the justices, uh, Clarence Thomas, uh, John Roberts, and Alito, Sam Alito, have already voted in favor of voter fraud-related Supreme Court cases. Okay, the three conservative justices that voted against. You need to go. Yeah, well, no, hang tight. There's a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. Lloyd Brunson with me. We're going to stay with this topic. It's interesting. I think Roberts is a betrayer, though. He's a snake on the court. Beware. But yet we have a hope for accountability based on this idea that there was credible evidence, and they never even looked into the evidence, constituting a dereliction of duty by literally 385 members of Congress, folks. Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Democrat Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, overseeing the elections in Arizona, has won the Arizona governor's race. Her opponent was Republican Carrie Lake. Republicans are poised to take leadership role in the House of Representatives and need only one more seat to take the majority. Thirteen House seats remain. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp will testify Tuesday in the Fulton County probe in regards to the 2020 presidential election. Kemp is the highest-profile Georgia official to be subpoenaed to testify before the district attorney's special grand jury. As inflation continues to plague the American economy, Amazon is preparing layoffs that could total about 10,000 workers as the company continues broad cost-cutting. Amazon's layoffs, which could begin as soon as this week, are targeted for corporate employees and could affect Amazon's devices business, which includes Alexa products as well as human resources and retail. Funny man Jay Leno has suffered a serious injury after a car fire Monday. The former Tonight Show host and comedian was working on his car in Los Angeles, California, when he says flames shot out of the vehicle's exhaust system and unexpectedly burned the left side of his face. Leno said in a statement, I got some serious burns from gasoline fire. I'm okay, just need a week or two to get back on my feet. End quote. Iran's Revolutionary Court has sentenced an anti-government protester to death and handed down jail terms to five others. The ruling is the first death sentence in the trials of those arrested for participating in protests that have swept Iran over the past couple of weeks, demanding an end to cleric rule. Iran has already issued indictments for hundreds of detained protesters, saying it will hold public trials for them. USA Radio News. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. The smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. All right, I made some pretty bold assertions at the start of the program. I'm talking to Lloyd, Lloyd Brunson, my guest. Him and his brothers have three lawsuits winding through the courts. One of them is on the Supreme Court docket right now. And uh, this is very, very serious, folks. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, you can look it up on the Supreme Court docket. It can be found at supremecourt.gov, docket number 22-380. 22-380. Check that out. Meanwhile, though, I made some very bold statements about the government in bed with uh, the uh, extremists who literally created an insurrection. Most folks at January 6th were peaceful. They peacefully wanted a redress of grievance. They assembled the First Amendment all at the center of this. They wanted to peacefully assemble and obtain a redress of grievance. You know what, Congress? Uh, the courts aren't digging into this. We believe there's serious evidence of election uh, tampering, election integrity problems, etc. Call it whatever you want. We want to look into this. And uh, then the insurrection occurred, and then that gave Congress the excuse to not do it. Well, 100 members wanted to dig into it, but got shut down by the other 385, uh, etc. Uh, well, the bottom line, folks, is, hey, Here's the proof. This in the New York Times in the last day or so. You ready? Court documents show FBI had eight informants in the far-right Proud Boys group. That's the New York Times. In filings in the seditious conspiracy case against members of the, quote, Proud Boys, uh, defense lawyers claimed that information favorable to their clients was improperly withheld, so they withheld exculpatory evidence by the government until recently. All right, there you have it. And that's all in the court filings. Now you can say, well, hey, Sam, that, well, that's exactly what happened to Ammon Bundy. And that's why in Nevada, when Ammon Bundy went to court there, the judge said, this is insane. The government's literally guilty of withholding exculpatory evidence and committing fraud on the court by uh, deceiving and lying and now we see the same thing at January 6th. And the Proud Boys are not my friends. I don't agree with what they do at all. All I'm telling you, though, is they're bringing out these facts in court because their defense hinges on it. But this directly relates to my claim that the government, in bed with the media, in bed with these insurrectionists, shut down the investigation. You will not get a redress of grievance. Boom. Done. Uh, not so fast. Lloyd Brunson and brothers are saying, hey, because we didn't get that redress of grievance, because you guys shut it down, uh, because we never had our day when there was solid evidence from members of Congress uh, on the line, we're going to sue everybody who shut that all down. And we're going to defend everybody, in a sense, by nature, of those who stood up. Uh, Lloyd, this case is critical. Uh, I pray that the courts don't just simply shut it down for some technicality or bogus reason. I hope we have honor if not then it, we've proven we don't get a redress of grievance anywhere sir we've already passed the point of uh the critical uh shutdown there's they send many cases right back to the 
petitioners. We've gone through that process, and they've accepted it. We got them on the phone. They actually called us and said, we've received your Rule 11. We're going to accept it as a national emergency. We want you to add some more information into it for conference. So we've already gone through the first cut, if that's the way to put it. And so uh, we went ahead and sent it. Uh, and we were about to send them that version of it, and then the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals made a decision. And we thought, well, now we don't need this additional information saying that we can bypass their not making a decision. So we called the court again and told them that we had just got noticed from the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals that they had made a decision. And uh, so do we still need to keep that Rule 11 special platform in place? And they said, nope, you don't need it. Take it out. We're just going to – we'll just go ahead with it. We don't need that anymore. So we put the stuff in that they needed. We sent that. I believe that was a week ago Thursday, last Thursday, and then a week before that. Well, on the 20th, we sent it to them. They got it on the – no, we sent it – I think it was the 19th. They got it on the 20th, and they – well, we sent it on Thursday. They got it on Friday. They docketed it on Monday. So they received it on the 20th, and they docketed it on the 24th. And they filed it, showed that it was filed the day we sent it, which is what they do. The day you mail it, they put that as the file date. So the U.S. attorneys that, de that are defending the 388 defendants have till the 23rd to file an opposition. And as soon as they file when it— When you say the 23rd, you mean the 23rd of November? Yes. Okay, keep going. And as soon as they file it, it goes on calendar for conference. All right. Where do we go from here in terms of what can the American people do besides keep an eye on this? Uh, obviously, I had mentioned before when Richard Mack went to the Supreme Court and won, it cost five to six hundred thousand dollars. We had to have, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of gun groups uh, help kind of fund it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is this going to be incredibly expensive for you guys? Well, it it has been. And we uh, we printed extra copies of what the Supreme Court has accepted. And it has their stamp on we downloaded their cover so it shows that they have the stamps on it and the case number on it and so if people want a copy of that so they can see the exact format that the u.s supreme court requires and the full uh the full petition they call it a petition for writ of certiari uh they can contact me i could give you a phone number they could contact me and for a 20 dollars donation would, would help go towards uh the the, the cost uh, they could, we could give them a free copy of the exact petition that they have in front of them at the Supreme Court. All right. Do you have um, any information uh, uh, where people can go and learn more? I mean, they can go to the court case docket. I get that. But they, do you have stuff on Facebook or a website or a I'm, donation link? We're or? gonna. We have a. I have a website at sevendiscoveries.com, and we're gonna post some additional information. I think we have that. We have the complaint that this is about so they can actually go there and uh and download the complaint and print it out and they can actually see the complaint and the affidavits of all the evidence that we gathered that we put with the main complaint that the petition is about or i'm gonna all right, what's it, it's called seven discovery yeah the number seven then discoveries plural so seven or spell it out either way seven discoveries.com sevendiscoveries.com ladies and gentlemen and is that a place where people could donate as well uh i believe so yes yeah. yes it is all right there you have it ladies and gentlemen uh, all i can tell you is this court case is very very uh interesting um 
You know, it's interesting. Whenever these kind of things get brought up, Donald Trump seems to be at the center of them. Donald Trump is not at the center of your case, is he? No, this would benefit Democrats as, as well that want a constitutionally sound election. And we put that in our pleadings. It, it's not about the outcome. It's about every voter wants to know that his vote counted and that it was an honest election. So that's what it's about. And it's not really uh, even about just the presidential election. It's about all the elections for 2020, right? Ab- absolutely. It's also about immunity because the U.S. attorney's defense on this was we can do any- they can do anything they want because they have absolute immunity. So in our pleadings, we, we identify Article 6 of the Constitution that requires our officers take a binding oath to the Constitution. Well, Congress has passed statutes, namely U.S. Code Title 28, that gives them immunity. So we're challenging that immunity. And if this prevails, uh, our members of Congress will no longer have that absolute immunity. They will be as liable as you and I for things that they do wrong. And this is the point, ladies and gentlemen. They should have immunity when they're literally on government uh, business doing what they've sworn an oath to do. But when they act outside of their oath, when they out, act outside of their authority, when they literally, literally deny every citizen a redress of grievance, for example, based on the law, at some point there's got to be accountability. And that's what right. this uh, lawsuit is about as well, right? That's absolutely right. The Constitution only protects members of Congress if they're, like, getting a speeding ticket on the way to a hearing. It does not protect them in getting together and passing laws that are actually crimes. They need to be held accountable. All right, what else should we know? Because this is interesting. Most people don't really realize this court case is happening. There's been a lot of court cases. Uh, You know, Texas tried to sue other states and got shut down. Sydney Powell and her lawsuits, uh, Rudy Giuliani, supposedly, although we found out from Patrick Burns, he's the betrayer from inside the White House. Uh, you know, Donald Trump has had lawsuits. All kinds of citizens have filed lawsuits, and really most of them have been shut down. Yours seems to yeah. be the only one to go forward, and I think it's because you're not saying we're, deb- we're debating the outcome. You're merely saying, look, folks, your First Amendment is at the core of this thing. Your right to know, your right to have a redress of grievance, your right to put these allegations, if they're false, to rest, or if they're true, to say, hold on now, there is something here. So it's a whole different focus entirely, right? That is absolutely correct. Now, the Trump-related lawsuits... That Roberts, Alito, and Thomas voted in favor of those. There were three Supreme Court justices that voted in favor of those. And it's ironic that the three conservative justices that voted against that were Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett, the Trump-appointed Supreme Court justices. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. Lloyd Brunson with me. We've got a little more to discuss on this, a couple of more points that I want to hit on. We'll do it in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to donate or get involved or keep tabs on what's actually happening, 7discoveries.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, 
so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah. A message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. We call it news the networks refuse to use, ladies and gentlemen. Others call it hard-hitting talk radio. Either way, I'm telling you right now, we're talking to Loy Brunson. Seven, that's the number, sevendiscoveries.com. We're talking about this interesting question. Ready? How can citizens redress their grievances of unfair election process, huh? Answer, Loy and his two brothers have filed three court cases. They're winding through the courts now. One of them sits at the Supreme Court on the docket. And it can be found at supremecourt.gov. And then all you got to do is look for docket number 22-380. That's 22-380. Uh, and really, we've got a problem here, folks, a big one. Uh, and uh, so it's going to be interesting to me how uh, Donald Trump, uh, Mike Lindell, uh, you know, all these other folks that are, uh, you know, talking about election integrity issues, and, and I, I back their claim. I am one of the people uh, at the CSPOA. We have asked all sheriffs, all 3,000-plus sheriffs, to investigate election integrity problems, whether you call it fraud, whether you say votes outside the law. You know, the problem is words you use are, are, are very important in the courts. Uh, but we get it. There's election problems. We're concerned. There's a mountain of evidence that even Congress has acquired and has 100 members of Congress, believe it or not, who wanted an investigation. They all got shut down. This is a redress of grievance discussion, folks. It's not based on the outcome. Uh, it doesn't take into the other uh, opinions or views or thoughts or whatever that have been nuanced until the cows come home. It doesn't take into that, that into account at all. It simply says, hey, we've been denied our redress of grievance. We've been denied an honorable investigation of serious allegations and evidence that backs that up in Congress. That is Congress's duty, and they're guilty of serious dereliction is uh, the point. Uh, what do you think Mike Lindell and uh, you know Donald Trump and a lot of these other folks, Sidney Powell, etc., what do you think they're going to think of this? Because this is a whole different tactic that they haven't even brought up, Loy. Correct. We're pretty excited about that, and especially the fact that the court called us and said that they would accept it without the Tenth Circuit's decision, meaning they agreed with our platform that this was a national emergency concern. 
And so to have it docketed like that so quickly, we send it on Thursday, they get it Friday, Monday, it's docketed with a deadline for the U.S. attorneys. We're pretty excited. So let me ask this question then. Can you sue the Tenth Circuit for sitting on it, even though there's an emergency situation at hand? They don't have authority to sit on that with the emergency. There's laws that that force them to act, right? Well, we actually took the federal court to the Tenth Circuit. The Tenth Circuit didn't do anything. And so we took both the Tenth Circuit and the federal court of Utah as the two defendants to state court. So the state court uh, upheld the motion to dismiss – we were just blown away because the U.S. attorneys agreed to let the state court adjudicate this. The U.S. attorney said, if you allow Brunson's full summary judgment motion to go forward, please let us know, and we will file an opposition to it. So that judge kind of messed up, and we, we actually missed our opportunity to appeal that. But the fact that we were able to adjudicate that to a degree with the U.S. attorneys was pretty cool. But a few weeks after that was finalized, the federal court still wouldn't even let us file my case. But a few weeks after the, the state court action, we got a, I got a notice from the federal court saying that they had filed my case. And within two days, they issued – the federal court, have issued, uh, court issued 388 summonses for me. And so that is now filed, but now the federal court is sitting on it. So we might be doing a Rule 11 with them to get it straight to the Supreme Court bypassing the Tenth Circuit. I'm a little concerned about Roberts, though. This guy is a snake, a wolf in sheep's clothing on the courts, uh, Loy. He voted Roe versus Wade. All we need are four to let it move forward. And this, he's, he's, he's threatened, too. I mean, they're going to stack the court. They're going to get rid of all the conservatives. That's their plan. So this is the best way that he has to defend himself and his fellow conservative justices and the Constitution. This is a constitutional issue. This puts the oath of office and the Constitution where it needs to be. It also puts the court on record if they will uh, allow redress of grievances and deal with those properly uh, or if they will not. And and so Congress has shown they will not, right? Congress, they're, we're making them aware. This petition is like an expose on the Constitution. We're just bringing the power of the Constitution and the oath of office to light, and like you mentioned, the redress of grievances. It, isn't it interesting that Amy Coney Barrett couldn't remember that fifth defense from the, of the First Amendment, and that was the petition for redress of grievances? So this is showing how the public, how we as citizens can file in court a petition for redress of grievances. What happens if the court finds a technicality or dismisses it? Then we've proven the Congress won't deal with the redress agreements, and neither will the courts. Where do we go then, sir? Well, the clerk of the court for 11 years was the Supreme Court's attorney. They have already reviewed it at four technical errors, and they've actually corrected a couple of technical errors. They told us what to do to correct them, so we've done that, and then they've uh, allowed it to be docketed. So the ones with technical errors are – just are not even allowed to be docketed. All right, so that that's good news. My whole point, though, is you know where do the people go when that happens? Uh, because if elections are fraudulent, then you can't get your people in office via the, uh, in my opinion, the the um, you know normal way that we would as individuals make changes in Congress. Uh, the courts won't touch it. The only other choice is for the media. Uh, the new media to take center stage and really expose this to the point where the uh, citizens get angry enough uh, to push harder. 
and, and I'm not looking for a war, but I am saying the American people have got to get in the game here. If uh, even, well, a, even if 10 million Americans were to demand this every day, something would happen, sure. right? Sure. Well, that's where they can get involved, too. They can, uh, they can be friends of the court and write uh, amicus briefs supporting this. But right now, I'll just reiterate, the Supreme Court justices now have the power that they've never had before to remove 385 members of Congress, the same majorities that have been trying to stack the court, get rid of them, not protect them. They can't even stay in their homes because of threats and the violations that are going on in front of their homes. This literally gives the Supreme Court the power to stop their enemies dead in their tracks, as well as stop the enemies of the Constitution and the domestic enemies of this country. All right. There's so much to, uh, to think about with regards to this, because the repercussions are so tremendous if uh, if they take this. It's, I, I don't mean to be negative on this. I am a cynical guy because I've been in talk radio for 25 plus years dealing with this. And, you know, I cut my teeth on. Uh, I remember my buddy Hans Anderson. He literally headed a grand jury back in the early 1980s, Lloyd. I'm sure you're sure. familiar with this. Sure. Yes, and he basically uh, indicted the Federal Reserve. And we thought, you know what? We got him now. Because it was a legitimate grand jury. He was at the head of it. The grand jury indicted the Federal Reserve. And all the courts did is laughed and said, a runaway grand jury, and they just dismissed it. Well, Uh, So these are the the kind of – Yeah, the lower courts did the same thing. But now it's gone to the people, the the justices, that need this for their own benefit, for the court's benefit, for the country's benefit. So it's where it needs to be to get something so done. So if, if they take this and if they say, hey, this has got to be investigated, then what do they do? Mandate Congress to investigate? No, what, what's no, the, no. This, what's is, the end this, game? Isn't about, this isn't about that. They can actually decide to have these defendants removed from office. So the U.S. Marshals Service, the U.S. Marshals would go to the sergeant-in-arms and show them a court order that the following names of federal officers are to have their credentials canceled. That would be one of the steps taken. They would go... They would then also go to the Secret Service and show the court order, and the Secret Service would then be relieved from the assignment of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris would no longer have their credentials. They would no longer be federal officers in the executive branch. And then it would be up to the Congress and the states to replace those people who have been Removed. Yeah, but the likelihood of us getting 300-plus members of Congress on both parties gone, getting the president gone, the vice president gone, uh, the, the likelihood of that happening, then who would step in? And Nancy Pelosi, well, she'd be gone. You know, we go right on down the list. The repercussions might be so great that the court might just say, hey, you know, it's kind of like a business is too big to fail. Hey, we, although what you say is true, we can't take that kind of drastic action that would be uh, dangerous to the republic. At some point, well, we're at that I- point, right? Well, the justices have information we're not aware of, and they have forces and powers and threats that we're not aware of. So we feel like we got the ball across the goal line. Let's see what they do with it. What could they do that would be short of removing everybody? Is there any other options that Uh, that could come back? Okay, there is a monetary penalty. They could let that move forward. Uh, Every... Uh, every defendant has six causes of action with six reliefs attached. Their, the monetary relief is a million dollars per cause of action for the 385. I think 384. And then there are four. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Mike Pence, and Nancy Pelosi, I believe, are $25 million per cause of action. 
So they could let that move forward as a punishment and let people know that we're now not going to give immunity and that we're going to be accountable for our actions. So it's a $2.9 billion lawsuit. And that that money would go to constitutional education is what that would do. Uh, and who would run that education? Well, we were thinking of maybe donating the money to the 1776 Commission, but we would have to figure that out. All right, because one of the greatest trainers on the Constitution across the country is the CSPOA, by the way. Well, we would have to talk to them and uh, get get something going. So the maybe we divide up the money between the greatest constitutional groups, the John Birch Society, a great constitutional uh, training group, Michael Perka over at the American View. I mean, there's a lot that could be done yeah. there that I think is real valuable, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. All right. Is there any uh, enumeration in it for you then? What do you gain besides the truth and, and, and uh, having a, uh, an action on the redress of grievance? Is there any money? What, what is it for you? Well, gosh, the satisfaction, the fact that we're able to participate in what this money can do in education. And uh, and we would like to take some of that to cover our our nut. All right, there you We'd have like, it, sir. I'll you know, take a, a fraction of that money to, of course, cover our expenses. And and uh, but man, we want to move forward with helping uphold and you know defend the Constitution of the United States. And that's what this whole lawsuit is about. It's like if they let it move forward, it's promoting the Constitution. If they don't then it's, it's going against what you talked about, redress of grievances, uh, against the oath be bi- being binding. It's against accountability in Congress. And, you know, we're, re- we're, a, we're a Republican form of government. Our representatives are not supposed to be dictators for two years or four years or six years. They're supposed to be delivering the vote from the people, right? That's what we need to get back to. Yes. All right, I got an update from Catherine Engelbrecht, ladies and gentlemen. I can't cover it now, but she basically gives you a bunch of bullet points of the good news uh, and then says, hey, you know what, true the vote. We could have anticipated that machines would break down, that polling places would run out of ballots, last-minute lawsuits would be filed, and the list goes on and on. But you know what, there's good news. And uh, she wants to not discourage us, but inspire us to join in the battles ahead. I'll cover it more tomorrow. We're just flat out of time. But, man, I'm telling you, people are doing good things in the Republic, and we're grateful for it. Lloyd, thank you so much, sir. Keep us posted on the uh, ongoings at the court, will you? I will do. Thank you, and thank you, listeners. Thank you. All right. Seven. What's the website? Seven. Discovery.com. Sevendiscoveries.com. No dashes or anything, just the number seven and the plural word discoveries. Sevendiscoveries.com. We'll keep an eye on the ball just for you, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for being alongside of the ride for LovingLiberty.net and Sam Bushman. We declare, we the people, along with the grace of the Almighty, will and indeed restore our country. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.